Ladies and gentlemen, give it up for the Quite Earnest podcast. Please give it up for E.J. Allen. Hey, what's poppin' everyone? Welcome to the Quite Earnest podcast. I'm your host, E.J. Allen. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, Please follow, please subscribe wherever you're listening to this. Um, This is going to be an abbreviated show today. Later on, I'm going to be talking about the legacy of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. And what, and a little bit of a farce that it's kind of turned into. Um, But first, I just want to wish you guys a happy new year. I know it's a little late in the game. Uh, I'm recording this pod on Thursday, January 20th, I believe it is. Oh, man. I don't even know the date. Um, January 20th. Uh, Yeah, Happy New Year. Hope you guys are having a good one. Hope it's a prosperous one so far. Uh, Just to let you know in the future, uh, 2022, we're going to be releasing new episodes of the pod every Wednesday. So when you look for an episode... Wherever you tune in for it, just open up the feed. It's going to be there Wednesday morning, you know, because I know you guys need the word. You need the message. So it's going to be there for you. Um, also, to let you know, going to have a uh, phone line opening up for you guys within the next couple of not next couple, but within the next few weeks, February, March sometime. Just a uh, phone line that's going to be dedicated to the podcast that way. You guys and ladies could leave your voicemails. You could leave your text messages, you know, for show topic ideas, for questions that you have for the mailbag and all of that type of stuff. So I'm going to give you uh, keep you updated, give you word when that's going to be up and running and get this thing cracking for the new year. Um, so how you guys doing so far? Uh, well, COVID's still out in these streets, obviously. Messing up everything for everybody. Uh, This girl I know, she told me that she's enjoyed the first few episodes of the podcast. But she says the one complaint that she has is that I talk about COVID way too much. And I'm like, what else is going on out here in these streets right now? Like, what do you want me to talk about? And she was like, why don't you talk about music? And I was like, okay. So we're going to talk about music. We're going to talk about the Grammy Awards. Uh, the Grammy Awards, I believe, were supposed to be a week from Sunday. Now it's in April. You know why? Because of COVID. Because of the coronavirus. And ladies and gentlemen, that is your music news for today. Yeah, man. I don't know. And I'm not trying to make light of this. Uh... Because I know a lot of people out there are suffering. I know a lot of people out there have been sick, who have had family members and friends who have been sick, who have passed away from this thing. And I'm not trying to make light of it, but uh, I'm going to be real. I don't think this pandemic has affected me, you know, in the ways that has affected a lot of other people, at least in a, mentally. I've been pretty cool doing this whole thing for the most part. Like the messed up part for me is just come like recently. Because I don't know if you've heard, but the uh, CDC have, has now made recommendations that everyone abandon the cloth mask and start wearing 
94s and 95s or at the very least wear surgical masks. And that, you know, people who know me know that I'm not a braggart. But one thing I'm going to tell you is that my mask game has been on point this whole pandemic, man. Like, I've been out here in these streets with my New York Yankees mask, my FC Barcelona mask, my New York Knicks mask, my Jets mask, my Grogu from the Mandalorian mask, my Avengers mask, my breast cancer awareness mask. Now I'm out here with surgical mask, the N95s. I'm looking like everybody else, either like I'm a nurse or I'm about to go clean up some asbestos or something, you know? That's what my one complaint, but you know, it could be worse. So I hope everybody's doing well. Hope everybody's staying healthy. Hope everybody's doing the right thing. And um, yeah, we're going to keep this thing going. This past Monday, we just celebrated uh, Martin Luther King Day. And over the past few years, I've been trying to set some time aside to, you know, read some of his speeches, uh, read some of his books, his writings. Um, This year, what did I do this year? This year, I watched a video of his last sermon before his assassination, and I listened to an audio of a famous speech that he did about Vietnam at the Riverside Church in Harlem. Um, They're going to tell you Riverside Church. If you Google it, they're going to tell you Riverside Church is in Morningside Heights. But it's Harlem, you know, gentrification. You know how it goes, change the name and shit. But, yeah, I've been trying to take the time out the last few years to do things like that. And I kind of recommend that everybody does that because, you know, I kind of think the way that we look at him and the way that we celebrate him, you know, I think there's a lot of misconceptions and the way we do this thing is totally wrong. Um, let's give it a little historical context, if you will. Um, I kind of compared Dr. King to a little bit to Muhammad Ali in the way that the way that we see them today, you know, a lot, a large swath of people and how they're respected and how, you know, some people even by some people beloved, that's not the way they were viewed by a huge percentage of their contemporaries. Um, Dr. King was obviously disliked and hated by a large percentage of white people. Uh, He was disliked by a a fairly large percentage of black people. Uh, A lot of black people didn't believe that the message that he was given and the ways that he was going about doing things was the correct way. Um, And a lot of people don't realize, man, uh, Martin Luther King was never Martin Luther King Jr., excuse me, because I don't know his father, who his father was. Martin Luther King Jr. was never really supposed to be Martin Luther King Jr. You know, um, ministers, black ministers, black uh, people in the cloth, uh, they wanted to get this civil rights thing on and cracking. But the thing was, none of them wanted to be the face of this thing, you know. Nobody wanted to be the face of this thing. So what they did was they found this 24-year-old preacher out of Atlanta and basically told him to take the front. And he let this, you know, that's, a lot of people don't think about that. It's amazing that a 25-year-old man was the face of the civil rights movement. You know, how do you think that happened? Because they basically pushed him out there 
as like a crash test dummy as an experiment just to see what happens. And then he took off with this thing. And after that, there was just a lot of jealousy going on. So the way we look at Martin Luther King today is this beloved figure is kind of, you know, it's really bullshit. You know, same thing with Ali. Ali, uh, he was reviled by a lot of people, obviously, because he was a black man. Uh, it became an, another factor was when he joined the Nation of Islam and went from being Cassius Clay to Muhammad Ali. That added uh, fuel to the fire. Um, yeah, but the way we view Muhammad Ali today, he's just, you know, he was this widely beloved figure, uh, lit the Olympic torch at the 96 Olympics, you know. People of all races and ethnicities, you know, you'll see black people, white people, Asian people, Latino people outside with Muhammad Ali T-shirts, Muhammad Ali sweatshirts. And that wasn't, you know, and that's a huge change in the image of these people from where they come to where they are now. And it, it's kind of problemsome, I think, a little problematic the way that we look at Dr. King and the messages that, you know, he tried to invoke. And I encourage people to, you know, read some of his manuscript, listen to some of his speeches, because, you know, everybody, people, schools, corporations, we all trot out these messages. Corporations all have their commercials ready. We all have our, you know, Martin Luther King Jr. quotes prepared. You know, everybody's quick to bring out the I have a dream speech. And that's the fucking go to. That's everybody's go to the I have a dream speech. And, you know, his message in the man was much deeper than that. And that's why I encourage people to, you know, actually find out more because he was more complex than we give him. We just basically take him as this guy who preached about love, who preached about, you know, humanity, who preached about God. And he did all of those things. But, you know, his his attitude and his views evolved over time about the way he was going about doing things and maybe the way things were read some of the stuff read some of the stuff he wrote and read look at some of the speeches listen to some of the speeches he did probably in the last year and a half of his life it was a kind of different tone you know than he was setting earlier in his uh you know career uh it was a he was he he was a little you know disillusioned. He was a little angry. He didn't think that the racism that was going on was as deep as it really was. And he's indicated that through his speeches. And you know, it's just really weird. It's time that some of us take a step back and just see: Are we turning that message that he was trying to relay into reality? And that's the issue. Like you know. Martin Luther King was assassinated in 1968, and you, we still have people out here saying the same things, preaching the same things, having the same black people, man. It's just not black people. You know, he was preaching equality for everybody. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I was telling you, I was listening to the uh, the Vietnam speech. That was that was problematic for him too. That was a speech that a lot of people did not want him to give. Uh, Vietnam was an issue. A lot of people didn't want him to touch because they felt that it kind of, you know, took away from the main issue of civil rights in this country. But that wasn't what Dr. King was about. He was about equality. He was about equity for everyone, not just black people. He thought that, you know, 
discrimination. He thought slavery, he thought poverty everywhere was the issue, just not in Alabama, just not in the South, just not in the United States. And those are the kind of things that we need to think about and we need to take a look at, man. Um, yeah, it's just, you know, these corporations, whoever trotting out the commercials, like I said, trotting out the quotes. And, you know, that happens once a year. And, you know, I'm kind of guilty of the same thing because I tell you on Dr. King's Day that I, I come out, I look at this, read the speeches and I come out and I read the manuscript. But that's something I should be, you know, doing on a more consistent in a more regular basis. It's kind of like being in a relationship. You're not going to tell the person you with that you love them just on their birthday and their anniversary. You know, you kind of got to do that year round, you know, be a little more consistent. And that's all I'm saying, guys. We got to take the messages that he tried to give and receive them, you know, try to do better as people. Everybody, you know, it's just not a issue with white people. It's an issue with everybody. We just all need to do better. And that's about it, man. I didn't want to get too preachy with that. And that's it. Before we go, we're going to take one quick question out of the mailbag. And this question is from Jermaine in Shreveport, Louisiana. Actually, it's two questions, a two-part question. He asked me, who do I think is going to win the Super Bowl this year? And what do I do? I Excuse me. Do I think parody is bad in the NFL? Um, thank you for your question, Jermaine. Appreciate it. Um, first part of the question is I have no clue. Um, off the top of my head, I'm thinking Chiefs versus Packers. Or at least that's what the NFL would hope, because that would definitely be a money-making Super Bowl for them. And, you know, because of what's going on during this pandemic, a loss of revenue, they definitely would appreciate that. A um, bunch of Patrick Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers commercials would definitely pop for that. Um, second part of the question, parody. I don't necessarily think parody within itself is bad. I think, you know, Lack of competition is bad. Bad teams are bad. And for people who don't understand what parity is, it's basically the absence of great teams and the absence of bad teams. It's just a bunching of mediocrity. Um, and I don't necessarily mind the parity as long as it's just, you know, through competitive nature that, you know, it's just not bad teams, just mediocre teams, just being mediocre. Um, I don't know. People... People like dominant teams, like people like, you know, Michael Jordan and the Bulls. They like the Warriors over the last few years. They like, you know, the Packers of the, you know, Vince Lombardi area era. They like the dominant teams. I kind of like it when, you know, there's not that one clear choice of who's going to be the champion at the end of the day. You know, that's just my opinion. But, uh, yeah, uh my only concern about the Packers is is that they're uh, this weekend. Who are they playing this weekend? They're playing the 49ers this weekend. And I was just talking to somebody last night. Like, the Packers historically aren't designed to play football, you know, at Lambeau Field. Like, you know, they had Brett Favre, who was a gunslinger, 
for all those years, and they immediately, you know, go into the Aaron Rodgers era. And their whole offense is based on a superstar quarterback being a superstar quarterback. But it's kind of hard to be a superstar quarterback when it's 95 below zero. You know what I'm saying? Like when you just throw in a brick out there. I think the 49ers have half a shot. Um, they're going to use their running game, a lot of misdirections, a lot of sweeps. They're going to make sure Jimmy Garoppolo uh, throws the ball as little as possible. I think it's going to be a repeat of what they uh, they tried, what they did do, not what they tried to do, but what they did do to the Packers a couple of years ago in the NFC Championship game. But yeah, man, I'm still going to have to go with the Packers because at the end of the day, you're talking about a team that has Jimmy Garoppolo versus a team that has Aaron Rodgers and you know who I'm picking. And uh, like I said, Chiefs, possibly, probably, um, kind of because of the same thing. As long as the Chiefs defense holds up, uh, keeps that bend, not break mentality, mentality uh Yo, I just believe in Patrick Mahomes more than any of these quarterbacks in the AFC, honestly. Uh, I know Tennessee has no Derrick Henry coming back, supposedly, for the, this weekend for the wildcard game. Uh, not wildcard game, excuse me, for the divisional game against the Bengals. But uh, we haven't seen that dude in like eight, nine weeks. What is he going to look like, you know? Um, Burrow, you know, he's really good. But, you know, I can't trust a second-year quarterback. And he's not even really a second-year quarterback, considering that he missed almost half his rookie year to injury. Uh, who else is out there? Who else is playing? The Bills. The Bills are playing the Chiefs. Uh, that's going to be a good one. That should be an interesting one. I'm looking forward to seeing what Josh Allen does. Josh Allen just—I don't know, man. I'm not—I'm not 100% sold on Josh Allen. I know Josh Allen is a really, really good quarterback, but I don't know, man. I need to see I need to see one great performance against the Chiefs or you know something just to make me believe in Josh Allen because we've never seen a guy who was that bad for two years and then all of a sudden in his third year just become a Pro Bowl All World caliber quarterback you know he's shown it he's shown it over the last two years that he could be really good I don't know I'm just not buying it I I, I like him I think he's good. I'm just, I just think Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in the AFC. It's going to be the two best quarterbacks in the league in the Super Bowl, Patrick Mahomes and Rodgers. Yeah, I'm going to stick with that. You know, who else is in the NFC? The Rams and the Buccaneers. People on this Tom Brady hype train. And I'm, I'm a Jets fan, so I've seen Tom Brady play for years when he was with the Patriots in the AFC East. But, like, Tom Brady's, like, 94. Three years old, 94 years old now. Like, he can't do this shit forever, can he? Because time is undefeated against everybody. And people gave him all that credit for winning that Super Bowl last year, man. It was really that defense because he was turning the ball over in the playoffs. What, he threw like two, three picks in the NFC Championship game? That defense held him up. I'm not saying Tom Brady didn't play a part in winning the Super Bowl, and I'm saying Tom Brady hasn't played a part in the success of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but, you know, yeah. It's not all Tom Brady. He's not this all-world quarterback that he used to be 12 years ago. Um, what was your question, Jermaine? 
yeah, man, I just start rambling them, just breaking down all the fucking teams just to give you an in-depth answer. But yeah, man, we're going to be doing this every Wednesday in 2022, man. So uh, just open up your feed, look for it, follow, subscribe. I appreciate you guys listening. Thank you very much. And I will see you Wednesday. Peace.